For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. And ladies and gentlemen, his opponent, now making his way to the ringside area, weighted at 273 pounds, he hands from Johannesburg, South Africa, here is... The Diamond Anniversary Band. On your 10th, show her you'd marry her all over again. And what's better than a diamond? Nothing. Ugh, not again. Diamonds are for fraudsters, part three. Let's go. Welcome back to Fraudsters. I'm Cena Gasby at Cena Now on all social media. We're so excited to have Justin Williams at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy and at Ariel Lieti at Ariel Lieti. Did I just say that twice? I think I did. Hello, both. Did you both buy diamonds since the last episode? No, I've actually been talking people out of buying diamonds. Yes. A, I'm a one woman army. This, this is the problem. <laughs> diamonds are I actually crazy. took a... I took an expedition um, with a group of miners oh, and God. then also a gorilla that has a speaking device on her arm uh, named Ooh. Amy. And uh-huh. we went into the Congo to find a, a prize diamond, but we were attacked by some evil gorillas. Damn. But then we used the diamond to power a laser and we got away. So that's, that's incredible. That was a, that's, a, you know, not even on a long weekend either. That you just did that all over just a normal weekend. Incredible. Yeah, uh, it's almost like your story should be a movie, Justin. I it's, hope that's it the plot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. Oh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the secret of the ooze diamonds. <laughs> Maybe we should do a watch party for the movie Congo and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think they just got rid of Ninja Turtles on Netflix. I watched all of them before the thirty first. You mean the live action ones? Yeah, they were they were on Netflix. I warned everyone. No, no, she's talking. She. You're talking about the computer-generated Michael Bay no, ones. Oh, I'm you're talking about, about the Jim Henson ones. Yes. Wow. Can we just yeah, take yeah. a moment? Yes. Justin, that was some shade that you just threw on Ariel. You just missed her. No, her. No, oh, you no the only reason her. why I said that. No, the only reason why I said that is because she guessed that I was talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and not the film Congo. Although, though, film Congo actually came out later, though. So, yeah. so, so my bad. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know I don't know movies. We've talked about this. Yeah, we've talked about this. We're gonna bring this up. We're gonna bring this. This is gonna happen. <laughs> don't worry, everyone. Justin's not feeling well today. So I try. I try to show my son uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, 
Because I was like, hey, you should watch what I was watching when I was, you know, a child. And then the, the scene there in the subway, the Foot Clan approaches mm. April O'Neil and mm. she makes a racist remark to the Foot Clan. She goes, oh, is my Sony bill late? It's oh, like, whoa, anti-Asian yeah, joke. Yeah. And then it's like immediately. Oh yeah, immediately she just goes racist. And then the Foot Clan guy is like, do you see this hand? Shut your mouth. And he like slaps her mouth. Oh, well, was that was that number two? Or number one. First, that was the first one. And I'm like, oh. I right, cut it off. No, I cut it off. Well, I felt more sympathetic, actually, towards the Foot Clan guy. Right? They didn't know what it was. Uh, as, you know, because, you know, because of the, I didn't realize that remark was, eight, like, racist until uh, being an adult. Maybe, like, the director on set was like, she just called you a racist remark. What does that motivate you to do? And he's going to be like, I think I should hit her in the face. <laughs> Great acting choice, sir. Let's let's roll. Let's roll. Let's do it. No, you shouldn't uh, hit people that – you shouldn't slap people that make jokes, Will Smith. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We're going there. We're going there. Yeah. <laughs> But now this is making me think about race hustlers again. Have you guys listened, uh, read the um, interview with Gwen Stefani about how she says she's Japanese? I saw your tweets about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not what sure. What happened? So Gwen Stefani has been appropriating people for years and years and years. And we've just allowed it to happen. Um, since about 2008, she's had a harem of Asian women that are her, like, they follow her around and are pretty. Uh, which is weird. Um, and she made perfumes based off of them in 2008. And now we're reckoning with the fact that, hey, that might have been racist. And so um, this interviewer asked her about them. And she was like, oh, well, yeah, well, I'm basically Japanese. So, and then okay. she doubled down okay. and was like, yeah, I am. Isn't this very divisive to try to like take us all apart? And if I appreciate something so much that I love it so much, can't I just no. have a harem of Asian women follow me around? No. Cut to Gwen Stefani at the immigration office at Japan when they're just throwing her out the door and she like hits the pavement. She's like, what? I'm Japanese. <laughs> Jazzy Jeff style. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Two slaps from the Foot Clan for Gwen Stefani. <laughs> 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 but she's also been Mexican and uh, like oh yeah, Chola. She's been all the things. So we, I guess my my recommendation is that she should don't speak. You are not Japanese. Shut up. <laughs> Never happened. I don't know where that came from. Um. All right, guys. Now. We're not going to talk about Ninja Turtles the entire time or okay. the movie Congo. Damn. We are going to talk about diamonds. But first, I want to talk about peacocks. The network? No. <laughs> no. The Well, I mean, one day we'll be talking about peacocks. The streaming but, service? Because we'll be on it one day, guys. I guarantee yeah. you. I, gar I promise like you 100%. This is how you do it. Oh, we're already on CISO and Quibi. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah, we're headlining Quibi. Next week, the Quibi Festival. Mm -hmm. uh, we've heard of peacocking, uh, but peacocking, I don't know if you know this, is actually a very important part of the evolutionary process. So we know about natural selection, right? Charles Darwin. And the peacock was this animal that actually confused Darwin, right? Because if you think about it, Darwin was looking at this peacock. He was trying to study these animals. Okay, this animal does this. This is how it survives. This is how it evolves. And this is why it's so good. 
Darwin saw the peacock and was like, why do these male peacocks have a giant 12-foot tail and, and fan it out? Which inherently, one, is resource intensive, like it costs energy for the, the organism, the peacock itself, itself to do. And two, it's like a big fucking beacon of come eat me predators, right? It's like a huge bat signal for predators. And so he's, he, in fact, Darwin actually said it dis- the peacock disgusted him and made him sick because ah. he could not understand why they still existed. Yeah. So you would think... Right? Evolutionary, biology, and all that shit, which I only know very little about, but I know enough to say this. Good traits stay with organisms over time. Right? And this is how we evolve. Bad traits go away. You would think that females would not want to have sex with a a mate that is attracting so much attention. Right? Doesn't well, that make sense? No, no right? you haven't been to a comedy show, Cena. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> yes, any sociopathic your first time. guy can get laid as long as he's in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is we're gonna come back to this though, because I think this is comedy is a really good example of why this works as well. You ever been to the club? You know, you haven't been to the club. <laughs> the guy peacocking is the guy with all the, the ladies. For the ladies. He's gonna get robbed in the parking lot, but but it was worth it. But it was worth it. Because he was the man. He got a number that night. <laughs> he did. And he's probably going to you know, get married and have children, and that person that beat him up will not. Bad traits go away. Mm. Who knows? He'll still, he's a man. He'll still get married and have babies. And- <laughs> 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 Looking at cannon. But look at um, – but if you think about natural selection, right, these peacocks don't only – they don't just survive. They thrive because they've been doing this for generations. And what's also interesting is the female peacock is is very conservative looking. Okay, the female peacock is like very dour. Is just but the female peacock actually has this innate ability to decipher what's good about the fanned out tail of the male peacock, and they just love them some flashy peacock. And the <laughs> oh, I was waiting for that. <laughs> oh God, this made me feel good. Uh, but can you imagine though? Can you imagine though that you're a male peacock? You fan your twelve foot fucking feathers out. Not only do you fan these feathers out, but when they're like in right when they're like not fanned out it's like a giant tail so even if a predator is like oh i'm gonna eat this like peacock and you try to run away you're still fucked right you're still totally fucked so imagine you're doing all this work and this judgy female is like no don't want it and then you move on to the next one but somehow this continues right all right before i go on to another example all right beyond peacocks ariel i want to play a quick clip of what I'm talking about when it comes to peacocks. Okay. Uh, Noreen, can you play this? We have a we have a peacock mating ritual that I'd like to play. Let's let's go to it. Look at that. Okay. Very conservative, handmaiden's tail looking female. With with the the entire 369 mafia in his fucking tail. Oh. Look at that. Stalking this woman. She's like, I do not care. 
I, get me, get out. She's so judgy. He's like, just be nice to me. Look at me. But look at this thing. These are giant feathers. It's actually scary. This is kind of like a weird oh. cat call. Oh, God, look at him dancing. He's doing a backwards, like a moonwalk, chasing her. Oh, my God, they're banging. Oh, oh my God, they're having so sex. So she said yes? Oh, she said yes. She I don't consent? know if there was consent. Was there consent? Oh, my God, that was so fast. That's it. It's over. I don't feel like she consented. Yo, his, tails, his tail was up the entire His tail was up the entire time. His whole fan was flanning while he was doing that. It's like if I kept all like my 10,000 chains on while I was having Yes, sex. that's exactly that. <laughs> Boots on, chains on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was great. Thank you. Yikes. Okay, so that's peacocks. I'm going to give you another example. I'm building up to something here. Bear with me. Okay. Gazelles. Gazelles. You guys know a gazelle? A majestic gazelle. Deer-like thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when they see a predator, to signal to a predator that they're very um, uh, quick and agile, they will hop and jump. And they basically are saying, hey, I can jump and run really fast, predator. Think about that. The gazelle, instead of running away when it sees a predator, it starts jumping up and down. And they use energy to display to the predator how fast they are and how nimble they are instead of just running, which logically doesn't make much sense. But it does cause the cheater or whatever to think, OK, I'm going to move on to this next gazelle potentially because this other gazelle looks a little sick or something. OK, one more example. One more example. OK, here we go. Vultures. Rule of threes. Yes. Rule of threes. A certain type of vulture that's in East Africa, okay, when the female is looking for a mate, they try to find the ones that are orange-faced, right? And because that signals that their immune system is stronger. The orange color comes from carotenoids, but vultures don't have carotenoids naturally in this part uh, of Africa, right? Or at least this species, they don't happen naturally. Male vultures have to go find them somewhere. So where do these vultures go to find carotenoids in Africa? They have to eat the feces of ungulates. Hooved animals, right? That's what ungulates, horses, rhinoceroses, uh, you know, cattle, pigs, giraffes. They literally have to eat shit to make themselves look good to women. This goes back to the comedy example. When a comedian is on stage eating shit, this somehow can look good to a female mate. He's so brave. He's like <laughs> on stage telling his life. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe this is his therapy. This maybe is him. I he's can being, save him. He's being so vulnerable. I love it. Nope. You're ready, and the, you're ready to mess up your life and then do material about it. <laughs> yes that's that is true and so wait so the vultures like the female vultures will see a male vulture 
with an orange face covered in parasites, but it's still bouncing around. And the female para- the female vulture says, you know what? I want to have sex with that vulture. Mm-hmm. And that's what's attractive. Mm. So what do all of these things have in common? These three animals, or do you guys want to tell me what do these three things have in common? Uh Women are easily manipulated by <laughs> men doing dumb shit. It's just reminding me of my own life, really, Cena. How many drug, <laughs> flashy drug dealers have I dated because they've got, you know, jewels and cars, but really they're eating shit and they don't live anywhere but a shipping container. That's where this I'm is at. Inc- this is incredible. Can you yeah. tell us more? And how did that make you feel? Uh, you know, I was uh, a young, dumb girl. So I was like, oh, yeah, I can help him. I can save him. Was it a shipping container home or just a shipping container? It was a shipping container. There was some that lived in like just lived in the studio, but that's really where they lived. Um, you know. Wow. This this I thought this was a bit at first, but no, now I'm it's, telling now you, my it's real, I'm being this vulnerable hey, on this podcast. Hey, is that the studio you took me to after the, the it sure show? Is. I was going to say, Justin, you know about this studio. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> well, well, someone lived there, Justin. Uh, yeah, that was not a place for living. No, it was not. It was not a place for living. That's all I'll say about that. That is insane. But the thing that those men have in common that attracted you to them, I don't know if you knew this, biology was working. Oh, was it biology this, or stupidity? <laughs> which is fake biology is, you know, it's a little kind of crazy. We're driven by these things. Right, right, right. There is this zoologist named Amats Zahavi, and he wrote about this thing called uh, the handicap principle. Now, we don't want to say handicapped. We're not saying that. We're just saying we're just going to call it the Zahavi principle, okay? And it's about in signals and how animals and organisms interpret signals. Now, all of those things those animals did were a signal to a mate, and that mate in turn trusted that signal. Why? Surely you could trust a vulture that is eating shit. That they, and they're covered in parasites. Surely they are a good mate. Surely this gazelle that's jumping up and down really well, that's a signal where the predator is like, you know what? I trust that signal. Why? Because it takes a lot of energy. That's a lot of energy, and they're putting themselves at risk. They're not running away. They're displaying themselves. The peacock, they're literally peacocking. They're, they're literally showing their tail in this very risky manner and using a lot of energy. So we think that signal is actually a trustworthy one. Mm. And that's one of the ways that diamonds work, is that when that ad agency got in our brains – that diamonds were the symbol for love and that diamonds were forever and that it's just two months salary or three months salary. People were then using diamonds as a way of signaling to mates, hey, you can trust that this signal that I'm giving you is a trustworthy one. Hmm. I see what you did there, Sina. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. And there's like weirdly still a part of me. I know diamonds are bad, right? And I don't actually want one, but there's still a part of me that's like, if I got a diamond, would I say no? Probably not. Even though I've outwardly said I don't want a real diamond and it should be a lab grown or an antique or something. 
Yeah. So if your boyfriend listens to this podcast, if anybody yeah. is listening, just anybody Anyone. at all, just anybody Anyone. outside, send me some lab grown demons as well. <laughs> just multiple lab growns. I'll say it again. We're a, we're a lab grown diamond house. I love it. Yeah. It's fantastic. You know, get that shit in the lab. That's right. Have Bill Nye make that shit. You know what? Instead of that, just get a tattoo of my name. Oh damn! On on now on that, that's okay. a trustworthy signal. I'm Wait, on your that's neck, great. Fully, and don't tell people I'm your dead sister. Just tell the <laughs> truth. And get that name tattooed over the other chick's name. That's right. We're engaged now. We're together now. Right. That is so incredible. That's a great other signal to show. Right. It's painful. It's forever. It's mm-hmm. more forever than a fucking diamond. It's a display. Surely that's something that a partner would think, wow, this person really does love me. That's right. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Imagine you just got home from work, dinner is ready, wine is chilled, and your man has offered you 15 minutes of heaven in the form of a foot massage. And then he says, Your red light therapy session is now complete. What just happened? You found your escape at Palm Beach Tan. Break from the chaos at a Palm Beach Tan near you and leave rejuvenated. Take time for yourself at Palm Beach Tan and take that feeling with you wherever you go. New red light therapy now available featuring Australian gold. Perfect man, not included. Now, we weren't able to get um, Asia Raiden for an interview, but her book... Stoned is incredible. It's all about gems and diamonds and how the diamond industry is a fraud and everything like that. She's an incredible author. I would definitely pick up her, her book. But one of the things I wanted to bring up that's kind of related to this, Ariel, is she talked about this part of the brain, the ventromedial prefrontal cortex. Mm. I have no idea what that I was. I don't have one of those. I, I, you do, though. You do. <laughs> you are special. Mm. You are so special. So it's actually uh, a few centimeters right behind your eyes, mm. right? Okay, right, here. right back that way. So this Duke University research paper said 
quote, the process that determine emotion and value both take place in the ventral medial prefrontal cortex. So the process in which you feel emotional attachment and the process by which you determine the value of something are all happening in the same place in the brain. So this really speaks to that Zahavi principle that we were just talking about. So if you see something and you think about the emotional connection that you're going to have to that diamond, you're also valuing that as a real thing. I don't know. It could be a fake diamond. You don't know. But you're assuming that it's real because of the emotional attachment. So it's weird that we were biologically made for these two very important things that we do every day, thinking about emotional attachment and valuing things, are all in the same little square centimeter of your brain. Is that fucked up? Isn't it crazy, Ariel, that that biology, whatever evolutionary trick, and even if you believe in God or don't believe in God, right? Whoever the grand designer is, or if it's not, if it's just chaos, whatever you believe, isn't it insane that whatever hand or whatever chaos is doing it, the one thing we needed to ha- be separated was our emotional attachment to something and how we value something. Like, I think, like, how we uh, operate in the world is still in, like, lizard brain. Yeah, I think that that actually tracks with, like, why people get into abusive relationships and stuff or how people end up there because you're attached emotionally and, like, and what is that? You value it. And you value it. Yeah, you think it's important. Yes, and you think it's going to go back to maybe how it used to be, and so you're, you're playing into that, like, nostalgia in the back of your brain. And you just get sucked up in it. Yeah. It also speaks to like quick crypto scams. Mm. Right. You see something, you get excited, you get emotionally attached to it. You're like, oh, this is going to be a great investment. Yeah. Gambling. Throw all your money. Gambling. Oh, God. This explains my craps game. I mean, I love to gamble, but like this explains why I'm sitting there. I'm like, I could do this. I have a great system. These dice are hot right now. I'm going to make all this money. I'm going to like bankrupt this casino. Uh, and then I just give my money back like yeah. a fucking charity donation to the casino. <laughs> um, but that's what's really it, it just is like a very cool thing that there's these parts of the brain. And I don't, obviously the Oppenheimers and the ad agencies and stuff like that weren't looking at the zoologist Amit Zahavi's writings and shit like that. They just inherently knew that if you changed culture, you could change people's minds. And what's crazy is that that's how everything else works, right? You know, think about any politician that are appealing to your heart they're appealing to their emotions mm-hmm. to make you think that they are valuable, That's right? True. Hope, change, make America great again, whatever the fuck it is. They all want you to connect them to something emotional and valuable. It's fucking insane. Yeah, it's really like insidious. Okay, so now this is uh, Ernest Oppenheimer's son, Nikki Oppenheimer, talking about some bullshit. Let's see, let's see the first clip. Let's see. However, the private sector also needs to think about itself and look at its methods of doing business. In Africa, I believe good corporate governance and social investment needs to be more than just a slogan. Forgive me blowing the the family trumpet for a moment, but my grandfather, way back in the 50s, for De Beers and Anglo-American Corporation, which he was then chairman, had a, a theme which was bashed into all of us who worked for those great companies, and that was 
that doing business, you had to make money. That was the first step. You didn't make money, you went out of business. But you had to do it in a way which made it a long-term, and long-term's important, contribution to the peoples, the regions, and the countries where you operate. Okay, pause. Uh, can you say Nepo, baby? Uh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> This fucking guy, you've got to, you got to think first, first things first, you got to make money. Okay, to do that, we need to fund civil wars. We need to control the supply chain. We need to control demand. We need to form a cartel. And we need to make it long term for the people. That means we need to bribe the local authorities. We need to bribe the local governments and make sure that they wet their beaks as much as we do. Thank you, Council on Foreign Relations. That's where this man's speaking right now. Ethically. Ethically. Guns, ethics. Uh, this is the problem. This is the problem with the fraudsters, man. I mean, this man, he is walking around thinking that his whole family story is one of almost charity, is 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 conscious capitalism, is one of like where he's helping the little guy out. All right, let's keep playing. And I believe that's hugely important when you look to do business in Africa. If you don't do that, you will fail. So business must act in sync with the world in which it lives and not in its own little bubble of careless ambition. Investments must be seen as generational, long-term, and not driven by the impact they may have on the quarterly results reported by any company. Ethical capitalism has to be the right way forward, and with it, the countries of Africa will grow and prosper. Okay, this is... This is pause. Okay, this is like the CEO of Coca-Cola being like, "We need to be really thoughtful about how much sugar is in our foods. The sugar in foods is is too much. It's too much. Not our soda, but the foods out but there. The food so bad, so bad for you, Justin. Was there ever a good company, or is there a good example of a foreign business?" coming into Africa and doing something positive? Well, so some people say that De Beers' relationship with Botswana is like the example of what he's talking about, but that's only the one out of all the other, like out of all the stuff they're doing, that's like the one thing. And it's like, that is noted as like fairly exceptional too. Yeah. And that's because they cut Botswana in. Yeah, that's right. They made the, so I think that's also a really good example of like how you do thoughtful things if you want to be conscious whatever it's kept you have to give people a share of the pie you can't just pay them out i have so many actor friends that do national commercials that are getting buyouts they're not getting residuals they just get paid whatever small amount of money and then i see them in national commercials for like three months and i'm like man you must be making bang they're like no i just just a buyout yeah that's bullshit yeah yeah i guess maybe he's also talking about how uh De Beers like allowed for union work and like was anti-apartheid, but that but that also doesn't make you know it's like it's taking like the three examples of the good things you're doing and then just ignoring all the other stuff. Right, and we talk about this a lot. Where like fraudsters will do some good, right? Kevin Trudeau made a great pool league for billiards, where all these guys had the best time playing billiards, and it was like the most. Attention, uh, billiards had ever gotten in the history of the game, really. Yeah. But then he was a scam artist all the rest of the time. Okay, this is Q and A. Nikki Oppenheimer. Let's let's go to it. Um, what do you see as the future vertical integration in the diamond industry? Because clearly, that's one strategy that would provide African countries with even more value, additionality. 
a vertical integration, and there's been some talk about establishing a fair trade system in the diamond industry in Africa. And what's, what's your view? Is that feasible, or is, is that a pipe dream? Yeah. No, certainly. I mean, any country, as we say, everybody says, beneficiation, as it's called, is something that applies not only to diamonds, but to any mineral produced. One likes at the point of production to, to, to realize the maximum value. Uh, and diamond produ producers are no different. They would like to do that, and that's something we in De Beers absolutely understand and support. Fair trade is, uh, uh, I mean, it, it's sort of, I mean, it's part of the Kimberley process, which goes some way to trying to do what you are suggesting. And that is give assurance to consumers that when they buy a diamond, they're buying a diamond which hasn't, uh, well, the Kimberley process was brought into, into, in, into existence to deal with civil wars in West Africa. And so at the time, and blood diamonds, at the time the, the desire was so people would know that if they bought a diamond, it wasn't a diamond which had bought a, a gun or a grenade for some rebel. Uh, and I, I think people who buy diamonds, and the world is becoming ever more transparent, look for assurance. Because they invest in diamonds a huge amount of emotion. And they don't want to invest that emotion unless they feel that what they're buying is the real thing and something that has contributed properly. And I think that's right. And I think they should, that's how they should behave. It's a great non-answer, especially in the second half. Yeah. The, the first half also was just like, I'm going to make some shit up real quick. Will you do fair trade? Because fair trade is not just about the assurance of, of uh, you know, that's not a conflict diamond. Uh, it's actually about like uh, making sure that the people who do the mining or the you know the the farming actually share the profits. And he's like, well, we already do that by ensuring it's not a conflict diamond. Doesn't even answer the question of revenue sharing, uh, like with with miners. Yeah, he's just kind of like dancing around it. Yeah, it seems like he didn't he didn't want to get to that answer. It's a very clear question. Fair trade. And then, but what he was talking about is like, I won't be able to make money if I do fair trade because of China and India. So no, so, yeah. I'm not trying to do. I'm not trying to live that life. Because you know how China and India be doing. They have what De Beers calls an unfair competitive advantage. <laughs> yeah, we can't have that. <laughs> the world's largest diamond monopoly is talking about unfair business practices. <laughs> well, they're so competitive in India and China. We can't keep up. Are you kidding? You've controlled the entire market. Uh, so we have a clip from Frontline of a union worker. And to your point earlier, Justin, there were some positives of De Beers working with unions. But in inherently there is being a union and then actually the collective bargaining that goes along with that. So let's play this clip from a Frontline documentary of a mine worker. In a country in which it is illegal to pick a diamond up off the ground and keep it, a miners' union claims workers can be dismissed merely on suspicion of stealing diamonds. But today, De Beers says everybody gets a proper hearing. Any employee who could actually buy a new car has been investigated, and people were dismissed summarily because they were suspected of dealing with diamonds. How can they buy a new car? So people were dismissed without a hearing, not a proper hearing, without an inquiry whatsoever. People were dismissed and the reasons given, which was there on paper, was security reason. And that cannot be followed up in terms of an appeal and so on. And our people were very, were very afraid to take the BS at a higher level because in our country, the BS is an umpire. 
Okay, let's pause there. That's a that's a great clip. I think you know, it's it's striking to me that you know the beginning of that clip was you can't pick a diamond up off the ground because it belongs to De Beers, and it's it's weird that it's your land, it's your country. Someone else came in and basically said, "This is mine now. Anything that's on here is also mine." So, and then if you bought a new car, they could just fire you without a hearing. And there, De Beers is saying that they do have a hearing, but then the, the in practice, how can you stand up for yourself? How can you defend yourself? What do you guys yeah. think about that? I mean, it's all a part of their scam, right? They you're you're stuck in it. You really can't do anything else. Even yeah. if you have a, a so-called union, like what can you really do when you have an empire that's ready to strike? Especially in a country like South Africa, where you have a 30% uh, nearly unemployment rate, uh, that gives you know the employer of a union job that much more power over you. Uh, you're not going to oppose them because you're not going to be able to go get another job or, or let alone a unionized job in the economy. So that gives your employer a lot of power over you. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. ba da ba 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 Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Justin, last night you sent me a text of just a, like an angry, beefy white guy. I thought it was actually you trying to get me to respond. I thought you were like w respond to my text, but really it was it was an actual character. Yeah, it was the character from professional wrestling from the AWA. He was a villain named Colonel De Beers, and he was supposed to be like an Afrikaner or military man from South Africa. Wow! Like wow. there you go. 
the like man wrestling what? they know this how to like united states wrestling yeah so he would come in i think i think the guy was from like arkansas or something but they but they put a big mustache on him and he'd come out and he, and and one of the match he, there was a black referee and he's like i'm not going to wrestle if you have this black in here get me a fair referee and he wouldn't wrestle oh, the match and they kick the black ref out and bring in a white ref and then he starts the match oh what? my god yeah this is like the period where like South Africa is like the villain, like because of the global anti-apartheid movement, like the lethal weapon two period in world yeah. history. Oh, wow. So if yes. you guys want to look up Colonel De Beers, the name De Beers is not chosen by accident, by the way. That's yeah, why. absolutely. I think wrestling does a, such a good job of distilling cultural issues right down into just the body of a giant man, <laughs> uh, which I think is always, always cool. Okay, so we've gotten all the way through the history of De Beers and the Oppenheimers and stuff, but diamonds are still very much a part of society and celebrity culture, and we still signal with diamonds. In fact, we signal with diamonds even at charity events. This is an AIDS benefit. More than 100 wealthy benefactors from around the world were invited to the Hotel Pierre in New York City. To a fundraiser for AIDS research. Oh, God. Elizabeth Taylor, the high priestess of the mystique of diamonds, had invited them personally to an auction of fine jewelry that raised more than a half million dollars. The evening itself was a glittering tribute to the allure of diamonds. I'm wearing the diamonds because my sweetheart has given them to me, and it means love, and it means forever. Diamonds? Aren't they a girl's best friend? Did something oh my. change? Isn't diamonds. this crazy? Diamonds. You're a woman's best friend. But what we think about diamonds is, in fact, a myth. At the center of that myth is an illusion that diamonds are valuable because they are rare. Wait, I love that clip. Who's that VO guy? Get him on the show. Yeah. He speaks the truth. Yeah. You know what the irony of all of that is? Uh, a lot of like uh, like scholars have actually linked the, the uh, South Africa having the highest rates of HIV AIDS prevalence on earth to actually the mining industry. Because what happened is, is you're taking male workers and putting them on trains and sending them out away from the townships with disposable income to the mining areas to where they're being followed a lot of times by prostitutes. And then they're, when they're going back home with their salaries, they were unknowingly infecting people in their communities. It's like it's direct, like it's it's literally like trace like miners and truckers are now where people are starting to trace uh, where HIV AIDS is spreading. What the fuck? I see. So they would go to the mines from their home on a train or a truck. They would work there. They would get the money because they get paid on site. Yeah. And then they go out and party and they, whatever, sleep with a sex worker. And then they contract HIV. Unknowingly. And then they yeah. go home. And they go home to the, like, to, to the townships. It's also like apartheid, too. You have, you're going back to a township where the government hasn't put any like health infrastructure and all of those. So it's like the perfect storm. Uh, but yeah, there's like directly linking like the salaries of miners. And the fact that they're away from home when they're working to a lot of these cases. You know what? This is all about ethical capitalism. 
You know, that's the other thing that when, you, when people like say ethical capitalism, they always stop at the thing that's right in front of their face. Right. They say that like, we do this or we cut Botswana in or whatever they did. But no one ever talks about the unintended consequences of your actions. Right. We don't really think about that. And we don't want to accept accountability when shit like that happens. The mining industry. Holy shit. That makes so much wow. sense. It's does. incredibly logical. But also, I love that they were like supposed to be doing a benefit for AIDS, and it was all about the diamonds. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing here? <laughs> it also raised like not that much money. They were like, it only raised a half a million dollars. I mean, I guess it, I know, that a was a bunch like, of rich people. Was that 1992 though? It was, yeah. So, what is half a million dollars in 2022 money? Because 92 was different. It's about a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. A million dollars, though. A bunch of rich people, that's not enough money for me. That's really not enough money. And all you did, and plus the cost of that event was probably a hundred grand. Elizabeth Taylor is there? Yeah, Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor is there, and you can only give me a million dollars in 1994? What? I'm unimpressed. All right, so that, that was an AIDS benefit, sweet Jesus, and Justin just blew our minds with the mining revelation there. But there's also infomercials that happened. And who doesn't love a scammy infomercial, especially about scammy diamonds? All right, Noreen, let's play this uh, infomercial that you pulled. And welcome back. Well, we think of trends as ideas that come and go, but there are just certain things that will never go out of style. Joining us now is Kristen Trusty. She's the luxury and resident diamond expert at Forever Mark Diamonds. Good morning to you, Kristen. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, you and I have the same campaign going on. It's called hashtag the one. Can you tell me about how yours works? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So this holiday season, it's all about finding the one, that one perfect person that you want to share your life with and that one perfect holiday gift. And what's better than a diamond? Nothing. It's a girl's best friend. <laughs> what are some of the things that people should look Sponsored for when they're thinking Sponsored by Forever Mark Diamonds. diamonds. So most people know about the four C's, cut, carrot, clarity, and color. At Forevermark, we do your homework for you. We go above Jesus. and beyond the four. All right, all right, pause this, pause this. <laughs> Fucking, I can't, I can't. The, beer, can't, the beers just wrote copy for this whole show. I honestly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, I want to ask, well, first of all, I, I it always, it, now that I understand where the, the four C's come from, I feel so like taken because that's what I was looking at when I bought my wife an engagement ring. It just feels like we're telling you the language of the scam so that you can participate yeah. in our scam effectively. Yeah. But Ariel, can you tell me how does it feel when they when you're hearing constantly <laughs> that diamonds are a girl's best friend? Um, I mean, I think as a kid, because you know you're seeing these diamond commercials as a right. kid too. Um, right. The diamonds are forever. I'm thinking of the one that has the silhouettes and the black and white, and it's just the diamond. So you're sucked into it because you're like, well, I guess I'm supposed to like this. So in the same way that like girls are sucked into liking Barbie dolls and just baby dolls and stuff, because you're like, I'm supposed to like this because society tells me I'm supposed to enjoy this. Um, but in actuality, I don't even really wear jewelry or care. Like my true self, I don't care. Um, and if somebody got me jewelry for Christmas, I wouldn't be pissed, but I'd be like, this is, you clearly don't know me because I'm not interested in this stuff. What would you like for Christmas, Ariel? Janet Jackson tickets, just like I thought. Boom! There we go, folks. You heard it here first. Don't get Ariel Diamonds. Send her tickets to, to JJ. That's me doing Rhythm Nation. It's, it's also not true. Uh, diamonds are not a girl's best friend. In my experience, Amy is a girl's best friend. That's true. <laughs> Amy. Or Melissa. Amy, save. <laughs> Amy, Amy, good Amy, gorilla. Love. 
<laughs> Amy, Stop. danger, danger. Stop eating my sesame seed cake. <laughs> Nobody's African in the movie. <laughs> it's, you, it's all did a bunch you of like. Watch that movie? Did you watch that this weekend? How do you remember that? I remember everything about Congo, and I've only watched it like one and a half <laughs> times. I remember the part where it's like. Nobody's African in the movie. It's like totally couldn't be made now. It's like who is who is who's African in this movie? It's like Ernie Hudson, Delroy Lindell. I've never heard of this movie. I'm just a baby, so I'm gonna look it up. Congo was like, oh my them. god, you've never heard of it? It was it was post Jurassic so Park. It was like, what Michael Crichton books can we now turn into huge ones in? Congo was one that didn't. It wasn't it, but it had, it had a huge amount of promotion though. 1995 action adventure film, 20% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> 5.3 on IMDb, but 60% of Google users like this movie. Yeah. Well, budget was 50 million and they made 152 million, so they did a good job. Yeah, because they, I mean, they, I don't think that it probably doesn't show the print and advertising the budget there because yeah. it's probably equal to or. Bigger than the uh, I mean, production. Tim budget. Curry and Laura Linney earn it, yeah. and Ernie Hudson. Oh, God. Yeah, what a cast! Laura How Linney. How can I yeah. watch this film? I'm sure. Pluto TV has it. <laughs> I will be watching. That's where you go when your film does real good. You go to Pluto TV <laughs> Pluto. or Fubo. <laughs> yeah, Fubo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you had a bunch of yeah. old black exploitation movies. <laughs> I want to see. I want to. I want to see Congo on like the carousel on my HBO Max. That's when I know I'm definitely going to yeah. watch it. It's like taken straight from the movie They Live. Like you ever seen the movie They Live by John Carpenter? Oh yeah, with yeah, yeah with um, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, if I put my glasses on, both these women will have a skull face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, let's go. We have one last thing to, to play, and that is the commercial that Ariel just referenced. We oh, have boy. the old De Beers silhouette commercial that we actually haven't looked at and deconstructed because, again, this is, again, the advertising age slogan of the century. Diamonds are forever. I mean, the so, fact that no. I remember it in 2023 and I saw it probably when I was like seven or eight and it was spoofed by Burger King, I remember once. Or like Mad TV, like yeah. that. I should not remember a commercial that hard from my childhood about diamonds. It did a good job. It did it. Let's play the last one. The last time we were here, oh baby, was when I proposed. Yes. Ten years. It seems like only yesterday. I told you then how much I loved you. I love you. And nothing's changed. Yes. The Diamond Anniversary Band. On your 10th, show her you'd marry her all over again. Get her a diamond-studded cock ring. Again. That is... <laughs> Every 10 years. Every couple years, we'd keep making stuff up so that you can get her diamonds. You understand oh what I'm saying? Steven Seagal. Jason <laughs> Statham. <laughs> you know what I love about that is I could always picture myself in that silhouette, artfully putting my hands... Yeah. My wife's hands. <laughs> I picture myself as the voiceover person. Yeah. The 90s were just a weird time. That's what kind of what I'm like getting back. Yeah. I think that's the theme of today's was, show. I think that's why I am the way I am today. I had to yeah. grow up in that time. I'm all messed up. 
Well, you, you wonder I mean, why I'm messing with dudes in shipping containers, and now you see this is the reason. Yeah, I think if you would have seen Congo in '95, that would have changed. You, you would have avoided a lot. Of this. The trajectory of my life would have changed. I do. I do like the way rich people were back then, though. I like how they're all like like caricature rich people. I don't like these like Elon Musk guys just in like some cheap slacks and they're not dressed well and they're tweeting out a bunch of crazy stuff. I like uh trade like like trading places villain rich white people is the yeah. way all <laughs> rich people should be to me. Like Elizabeth Taylor just like wearing diamonds is like so much more elegant than who like who's now who now well, Mark Zuckerberg like, like the royal family approach. Yeah. yeah. I want to see like the royal family. I want to see like the the what is that called? The stick the cipher. What is that called? Yeah, the scepter. The scepter. Thank you. I yeah. want to see you walking around with the scepter for no reason. A cape. I want more of that. You know what? We should make billionaires carry scepters. At least oh. we could, like, you know, we'll know make who they billionaires are. Billionaires carry scepters again. That's the shirt that I want. <laughs> make billionaires carry scepters again. I love it. Like, stop smoking weed and going on the Joe Rogan podcast and go yeah. to <laughs> some disconnected benefit. Yeah, because yeah. you're not like the rest of us, and that's okay. Yeah. Spreading COVID conspiracy theories. All right, everyone. That was our Diamond Series. Thank you so much for joining us. Please join our Discord link in bio uh, of our social media. Also link in this episode, uh, show notes and everything. Uh, Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform as well. Um, We've got social media links down below and also some receipts for this episode. Fraudsters is hosted by me, Cena Gaznami, Justin Williams, and Ariel Lieti. Producer is Jordan Aconcia. Production coordinator is Noreen Malik. Editor is Ryan Connor. Our writer is Nick Turner. Our legal researcher was Demetrios Patelis. And our biographical researcher is Emily Fusco. Music by Grant Gorton. Executive producer is me, Cena Gaznami. And this has been a production of Zero Cool and The Last Podcast Network. <laughs>Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want, no compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites, just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code HERO10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O dot C-O.